Howdy, and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast. My name is Will Stone. He is Chase Caldwell. Uh, been a while since you've heard from us, since we've talked to y'all. A uh, lot has happened. Lots, a lot has happened. Um, we're going to try to get to as many things as we can before uh, before we spend too much time on here and uh, and Chase has to go to dinner. So yep. we don't want to, you know, <laughs> be on here for two hours. <laughs> but uh, we, we wish you all, you know, hope, hope you all had a very Merry Christmas, uh, very Happy New Year. Hope things are, are starting off right for you. Uh, hopefully they're going as well for you as they are for uh, this Aggie football staff with these transfers they're reeling in. But um, let's let's hold on to that for now. I think maybe the best place to start is uh, is 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 the last game that that this team played. Um, uh, Fifty five scholarship players for A and M took the field in the in the Texas Bowl. Uh, we were all standing throughout the game in case they needed to call us down there and put us in because uh, we were a little shorthanded, but uh, came up short. But um, you know. Uh, tip of the cap to uh, the guys who who did play um, and have stuck around and are are still going to be part of this team. Um, guys like Max Wright, you know, tip of the cap uh, on on a great career here. But uh, I guess just you know, not to like we're not going to sit here, here here and break down this whole game. But is there anything from the from, from the bowl game that, that that stood out to you, Chase? Um. Not, not just a ton. I, I would say um, one of the main things that stood out to me is that we just we have had the worst luck at quarterback for for such a long time now that I hope that whatever curse that has been cast upon us that hopefully that is gone starting next year. But we'll we'll see. I. I uh, I hate that how everything transpired in that game. Yeah. Um, I will say, you know, to be as short-handed as we were, I think we held our own um, pretty well. But um, but it just it, it was kind of a it, it to me it was a modern day lower level bowl game for two teams that didn't fully want to be there with an outgoing coach and transfers galore that, you know, make it to where I, let me back up tip of my hat to the guys that were there and did play there. But, you know, when, when you're suddenly having a hodgepodge together, a team it's not. It doesn't have the same effect that bowl games used to have, where this yeah. is the last ride for that team, um, right. because half the guys that that made up that team aren't even there anymore, and yeah. um, it just that part of it. It's not just us. I mean, there's there's plenty of other teams that are that way, but um, that's the modern era in in yeah. the transfer portal. You know, I mean, look at look at what happened to Florida State in their bowl game. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if they had a single starter that played in that game, either due to injury, uh, opt out, NFL draft declaration. Uh, heck, the guy, their second string quarterback, he was like, "I'm transfer." He's like, "I'm transfer. Like, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not going to play in this bowl game." 
and get beat to death by the Georgia defensive line. Like I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go play somewhere else. So uh, yeah. it was like stuff like it, it's, and, and, and that's not a coaching change, you know, but um, in our situation with a coaching change, like half the, half those guys are already gone. Um, the guys that are still here, you know, have already, most of them have already taken jobs elsewhere. Um, so like, it's just, it's just a weird dynamic and a weird situation mm -hmm. for everyone to be in, but uh, it's still a game. It's still, you know, like they still got those practices in, uh, they still got to uh, play in this game. And, and some of these young guys got to show what they got, you know, because they, uh, a lot of the guys that played in this game, we hadn't seen a ton of this mm -hmm. year. Um, and I mean, heck, like, let's like, look no further than Marcel Reed. You know, he didn't right. e expect to, to play that game. Like he was like, yeah, like I'm here in case of emergency, but uh, you know, Jalen Henderson had been playing pretty well uh, in his, right. in his time. So, um, you know, and it, it's, it's like the first play of the game is just epitome of what we've all endured the past couple of years. And, <laughs> exactly. you know, like the first, like we, we, we got a first down on the first play of the game, but, our quarterback broke his arm, you know, they had to, you know, like he had to have surgery and they had to put an air cast on that thing. And, uh, you put in a true freshman, uh, who has played very, very sparingly this season. And, uh, he threw for 360 yards and, you know, wasn't like, obviously wasn't perfect, but for all things considered, he looked pretty dang good. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he also was going up against the Oklahoma <laughs> state defense, but, um, it, it, you know, it, it was for what it was, I, I think we played, played well, um, for what it was, I think it was, you know, the best, that, the best that we can do, but at the same time, it just, to me, it was the perfect, perfect exclamation point to the Jimbo Fisher era. Yeah. Of like the... just it just went out with a poof yeah it was a very it was a very appropriate ending to uh to the the past era um in the old regime yeah um you know and and going into that game i don't think i realized the guys that we weren't gonna have uh like obviously you know the, like like anyone that had entered the transfer portal at that time, I knew they weren't going to be here, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but, and I knew Edrin Cooper wasn't going to play because he had said that in his uh, NFL announcement, which is totally fine. But uh, for some reason, I thought McKinley might play. I don't know why I thought that, uh, but he didn't play. Um, Shamar Turner uh, sounds like he's, he, he, it's not official, but it sounds like he's probably going to return. But, wasn't able to play in that game for whatever reason, you know, guys like Le'Veon Moss, Jacoby Matthews had injuries. Noah Thomas had injuries. You know, we had three scholarship receivers in the game and yeah. uh, it doesn't just affect like, you know, Oh, we're, we only have like, these guys aren't playing, but the guys that did play, I wouldn't look at this on PFF, like guys like Shamar Stewart and David Hicks, played more snaps in that game than like it, it's almost double their highest snap count of any other game they played in was this game well that and that's what i'm saying like that that's I, i'm glad you said it that way because um 
the guy it, the like us us going in losing that game and you know like the, just the the way that the game set up and me saying what I just said about it, it was uh, the poof that ended the the Jimbo Fisher era like what I mean by that it's not not against the guys that played in that game um and it's not even necessarily against the guys that opted out of that game even um it's just the fact that all of those guys that were in that game you know that that team was hodgepodge together you can't just take guys and put them all in and say hey go start this game that you've never you've never played together as a team like this with this group starting together for the first time ever and have that many snaps together and you're not going to have cohesion that way you know that's just that's just not going to happen again it's not just a&m that's having that problem that's the modern era of college football yeah but probably this year we probably had it more than than the average team um just given the landscape of everything going on with our team so yeah. um but but to your point i mean you got you got receivers three scholarship receivers that are out there and you know a freshman quarterback that comes out there that hadn't seen any snaps hardly at all that you know you're you're you don't have that timing and rhythm with each other on offense you don't have that timing and rhythm with each other on defense um so you know to go out there and play a perfect game it's not going to happen um it's going to be somewhat sloppy even if you don't want it to be even if those guys are trying their heart out it's it's going to end up being a little bit sloppy because they're they haven't really been playing as that unit all all season long yeah and part part of that's jimbo fisher's fault for never never <laughs> you know rotating guys you play the same four guys every play you know what yeah. i mean um but but yeah like like to your point like like it's not just that marcel is is young and hadn't played it's you know, they didn't like practice with like, oh, like this is Marcel's game. He's going to start this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he had never played with that group of receivers or right. like Chase Basanta's played right tackle all year. He played right guard in this game. You mm-hmm. know, like I think, you know, long term, I think he's a great fit there, but he hadn't done that all year. You know, <laughs> and, right. uh, you know, Layden Robinson is, you know, injured going to the NFL. Uh, I think Mark Naboo was injured and, uh, Ruben Fathery, who played very little this year, got some snaps at left guard for some reason. Yeah. He, he did fine, but I'm just saying, like, it was just, you know, I think my my main point is if for anyone, AM fan or not, that watched this game, uh, that's not what the team will look like next year uh, at all. Um, from a lineup standpoint, from a performance standpoint, obviously from a coaching standpoint, uh, strength, strength of conditioning, like, like you name it, like mm-hmm. this, like, like I, I feel like some people uh, will watch that and be like, oh my god, Anna's going to be terrible next year. Like, look, like, look at this team that like everyone left, blah blah blah. You know, like if you want to think that, like that, that's fine. It's a free country. You can think yeah, that if you want let, to. Let them think it. You know, uh, and, and and to that point, like this, this off season in particular. Uh, and typically this is how you should feel every off season. Uh, you shouldn't, and you shouldn't care about what any 
media person says about this team that doesn't cover this team, and even the ones that do maybe, but, uh, but people outside of this, you know, outside of A&M, maybe more national guys or other schools don't really know the ins and outs. And like, it, like, you know, people are putting out, you know, quarterback rankings for the SEC and power rankings and things like that. You know, I, I'm probably going to write a, uh, a way too early top 25 uh, and put that out next week. But none of that stuff matters. You know, it's just, it's just fodder. It's just like people are just trying to, you know, to get clicks and engagement and, uh, and things like that. And, well, uh, uh, that, that's, a, that's exactly right. I mean, I mean, will you follow A&M very closely, right? And, and you, you like, you like, um, you like the offensive line because, you know, that's your, your, uh, your position, your your affinity, right? So, yeah. so with you knowing this team and, and all of that, let's ask you. Tell me how how good do you think that you know our our um, protection? How will our protection improve when you're seeing Colin Klein's Colin Klein is the offensive coordinator? And Adam Cushing's run game coordinator, you know, his his offensive line, when he comes in there with our offensive linemen that we have, all his schemes coming in, merging with Colin Klein's group, and then you, you start, you know, Connor Wigman, how is that going to fare against Alabama's defensive line next year? <laughs> you can't well. answer that question. There's, <laughs> there's too many variables. If you type that into a TI-84, it's going to yeah. come, come out and say, you know, not, not enough information. That's, yeah. that's the, the point. The, the point that you're making there is, you know, don't put just too much stock into this thing because, you know, there's so many moving parts, especially, you know, when you have a whole coaching change, a lot of, you know, transfers and all of that. Sure, you can't say, like, this is what it's going to look like next year. None of the yeah. half of the coaches that were, that were there, you know, um, at our bowl game aren't even there anymore. We our our head coach was in the press conference talking to the, 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 you know, guys about the announcer. Yeah. Like that's, I don't know if I've ever seen that happen before, you know, where yeah. the head coach is watching his team play with the announcers and, yeah. and literally cheering them on like, Oh yeah, good job. You know, like, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. It just, it just so happened that that's where we were, you know? So, yeah. Um, and it's, it's January 5th, like the, like the portal, like just closed and mm-hmm. it's really not even all the way closed because, <laughs> you know, there's like this 48 hour announcement window and like there's, this other five day window for teams that played on Monday and uh, you know, and the NFL draft declaration deadline is later this month and signing days in February. So, and guess what? After all that, the portal opens back up after the spring and there's a whole other wave of movement, (laughs) you know? So um, we're going to do our best and, and try to uh, tell you what we think at a, at a given point in time. Um, but, uh, you know, at one point I'm like, man, like, you know, watching the, like in person, watching the, like watching the ball game, I'm like, 
man, like this sucks. I feel like, you know, uh, like, I, like I, I just don't know. Like I'm looking at the team and I'm like, you know, like we got some good players out there and they're doing some good things. Um, but it was really just a case of, you know, Oklahoma State probably had a full allotment of scholarships and minimal transfers and their whole coaching staff was still there. That's been there for 12 years. Like how long Gundy's been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a hodgepodge staff with a ton of injuries and opt-outs and transfers and a fourth string quarterback who was making his first ever, you know, meaningful, uh, yeah. you know, meaningful playing time. So uh, I'm, I'm super proud of the guys that, that played and the coaches that coached and, uh, and, and all of that. Um, and, but, but before we move on, you know, big shout out to the 12th man, you know, Sam Matthews, how has he not gotten on the field before? Like he, like he didn't just make a lot of tackles, like his PFF grade, which isn't the end all be all, but he was one of the top graded bowl performers, like top 10 guy in, in bowls and got an interception was making tackles and, you know, just all over the field. And, uh, I'm like, man, I wish this guy had more eligibility. I'll like bring him back next year and and let him play some. But uh, it was super cool for him to get that chance and 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 make the most of that opportunity, though. Yeah, it was. Um, and I I like that. that that's been a that's been a common occurrence whenever A and M teams have been um, not as good as maybe they should. It, it seems like all of a sudden the twelfth man comes out of nowhere and and really performs. We've had some really good 12th men um, in the past probably 15 years or so. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe even longer than that, that, um, yeah, you just, you just, you love to see that number one. Um, but, but I, you kind of wish that, more people outside of Texas A&M really understood the spirit of the 12th man so yeah. that they could understand like why, you know, <laughs> I, I could walk away from that game feeling exactly like you said, like, man, how about the 12th man? Like he really embodies the spirit of Texas A&M. Like, even though that sucked, we just came off of a horrible season. We fired our coach None of our, t- you know, we had 55 scholarship players out there. We lost the game, all of that, but the 12th man didn't give up. Yeah. You know, and, and people outside of A&M definitely look at that and probably think that's the stupidest thing ever. But I mean, we eat that up, you know, I love it. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, we're going to shy away from it. I, I yeah. love that, you know? Yeah. Um, But I do kind of wish that more people, outside of of our school understood that but same time you know i'm i'm cool with especially here lately like the past since jimbo's gotten us out there and really you know i i don't i don't know it just seems like the last like three or four years we've gotten made fun of more and more you know than than we have and we've always gotten made fun of to some degree but the past couple of years, it's been like everybody all of a sudden discovered us and is making fun of us from different fan bases. And it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, imagine, imagine going, imagine going to, you know, Tennessee and, and being like, man, that Rocky top song they, they were singing. What, what was that song you were saying? Like a good, good old Rocky top. Woo. That's, <laughs> 
That sounded so stupid, dude. Didn't that sound so stupid? Yeah. Like, why do y'all do that? That's so stupid. Why do y'all do that? Like, imagine that. <laughs> what, yeah. what would they think? What would they think? They, they would come back and to you and be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, cool. but they, they will do the same thing back to us and, and think that we're supposed to be offended. Like I, I heard several people literally at the Tennessee game. I just happened to pick on them in this example, but several people asked me about, you know, the yell leaders. That's such a point of contention for so many people. Like, yeah. Why? What's so hard for to understand about they, they lead our yell. Have, have you ever seen, you know, a band director that, you know, does this too to keep everybody on, on beat. Like it's the same thing. And we just, yeah. we just keep it all together. Like, Oh, I'm sorry that we're not like every single other school, including high school and junior high in America that has the exact same chance of defense, <laughs> defense, <laughs> defense. <laughs> you know, like, sorry, we can be a bit more creative than that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no and 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 I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because i could get on here I, yeah, i've got a I list of, I, I, I got a list of things that have i don't know why i started that tangent sorry sorry about that everyone you're listening. good <laughs> cool. and there's so many instances of it but like uh it's it's college football man like yeah it's supposed to be weird yeah. and maybe maybe and makes it a little more weirder than it ought to be sometimes but that's just it's what we do you know like <laughs> i can guarantee you in September or October of, of this year, I'm predicting the future here. Uh, some stupid account is going to film midnight uh, yell practice and put it on Twitter yeah. and be like, Oh my God, look at this. Like it happens every single season. <laughs> and like, you know, like who, who cares? Like, no, like no one, no one cares. You can, yeah. you know, if you think you're, you're getting one over on us, like, you know, Good for you, man. Like, I hope you have a great day because because <laughs> no one over here cares. <laughs> but uh, last thing on the bowl game, we can get into some uh, some other topics. Um, a couple guys that that really flashed that I'm excited to see more of. Um, uh, I think Gabriel Brownlow Dendy, uh, him finally getting like a heavy dose of playing time. Uh, did some really, really nice things. Uh, mm -hmm. I think he's a super, super talented kid, super powerful and quick off the ball. Uh, will probably be, uh, if not a starter, and like what's really a starter on the D-line, like he's going to be heavily in the rotation next yeah. year. So uh, excited to see more of him and David Hicks. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, I know these corners got picked on a little bit, you know, going up against some some grown men on the Oklahoma state side, but um, felt like most of the game that, you know, Bravion Rogers wasn't in bad position. Like he wasn't getting burned out there. He just had a, you know, six foot four, 220 pound receiver, <laughs> you, know, that, you know, would just kind of out muscle him. You know, he's, you know, he, he was a do everything kind of guy at LaGrange, the true freshman. Um, you know, he, he's hardly played at all this season. He had to start the other night. So, um, uh, I think there's some potential with the young corners. Um, how is it when, when when you look around at the rest of the at the rest of the college football world, and especially like at a, a school like Florida State, who once their quarterback went down, like everything just kind of fell apart, um, and they couldn't 
do anything on offense. A&M had four capable quarterbacks this year. Like our fourth string guy, true freshman, threw for 360 yards. And you've got guys at other schools that can't even complete a pass sometimes, it looks like, because they're, they're just not any good. So um, props to, to Jimbo or whoever uh, was responsible. Because, <laughs> you know, next year with this, you know, like with a QB room of Connor Wigman, Jalen Henderson and Marcel Reed and Miles O'Neill, you know, as a true freshman, uh, that's a, that's a salty bunch right there. Like, yeah. like obviously you want Connor to play every game cause he's, he's tremendous, but, uh, your two and three are, are not bad at all. Well, I'm, I'm just looking forward to, you know, letting the, the racehorses out of the stable. Um, because I, I think that's what you've seen towards the tail end of this year. Um, Jimbo, Jimbo, he could, he could recruit him. He could get him in here. You know, he's, and he's the QB whisperer, but they couldn't hear what he was saying. And, <laughs> and so it would take him 45 seconds to snap the ball. Yeah. But you get him out there and you say, Hey, go, go play your game and let's, let's get something going. Let's simplify this offense and go. Then, then I think you could, I think you could have a good offense. So I, I, you know, we have had a good, I mean, I, that's the one thing you could probably say about Jimbo's tenure is we've, we've had the luxury of having a bunch of good quarterbacks. Um, just hadn't been able to really showcase them correctly. Well, and, and look how well Haynes King did when he got in a new offense and new, <laughs> yeah. a new, a new program. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, speaking of, um, I, I, I'm not sure if we had hired any, any of the coaches the last time we talked. Um, but, uh, we've got a full coaching mm. staff here at A&M. Yeah. I don't know if we had, I think, I think we had only hired. Yeah. We had only hired Mike Elko. Cause like we didn't, we definitely hadn't hired Klein yet. Pod. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. hadn't hired Klein. We didn't know about Elijah, what that deal was going to be. Yeah. Um, obviously he's off to Syracuse to be the DC um but man i i really like what what elko did with his staff mm -hmm. um it's a mix of you know some of the guys from duke um and then he kind of went big game hunting for some other guys and i think you know i think you have to start with colin klein as your offensive coordinator um if if you don't know who that is and the name sounds familiar he was uh one of the three um invites to new york when johnny manziel won the heisman <laughs> and, and i think I, I i think he finished third i think uh Teal was was second in both yeah um but uh was an awesome college quarterback at, at k-state um you know has has been coaching at k-state for a while quarterback coach then coordinator um and just killed it these last two years as the oc uh i don't i know that i think notre dame tried to hire him away last year uh, he wouldn't leave Penn state tried to hire him this off season and he wouldn't leave. And, you know, that's his alma mater that he's at. And then Elko yeah, comes I mean, in. He was, and, he was, he was slated to take over. Like, I mean, they were, they were getting him ready to, to take over the head coaching position down the road. Weren't they? I mean, that well, was, I think it, that's, that's probably going to end up happening. Um, uh, yeah, I don't expect that he's here to stay forever. But, yeah, yeah, but I mean, now, the, co you know. the coach they got, um, he's not 
he's not super young, but he's not super old either. And he's mm-hmm. doing pretty well. But, you know, if uh, if things ever do go south there, you know, in the next couple of years, and he could take a head job somewhere else, you know, yeah, um, and uh, and get that experience. But uh, I think to, to pull him out of there when, like, especially for a, like, in, like in the same role, um, that's, that's big. Cause like they, yeah. they really, really, uh, had it going on offensively and watching some of the stuff they do. It's, it's super creative. Um, it, there's no, uh, I, I feel like everything I say is going to bang on Jimbo, but like, it's just, <laughs> it's just a modern, like badass offense. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like there, there's, you know, there's misdirection. There's, uh, there's screens there's motion there's pulling guards there's uh you know it it makes it easy on the quarterback to operate it um the first time i saw will howard play i thought this guy's terrible um colin klein has you know molded him into a pretty formidable uh player at quarterback in fact he just transferred to ohio state i presume to be the starter there next season but um really sharp really highly like very very highly thought of uh, in, in the, in the coaching world. And, um, I think, you know, it's, it's probably one of the best hires that he could have made, you know, like it's the, the guy at Washington is not attainable as an OC, <laughs> like he's going to be a head coach soon. So, um, this, this was probably as good as you could do. I think it's, it's, it's pretty close to a home run hire. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the only one of, um, he's the only one of the, the three from the 2012 without a, a Netflix documentary about him. So hopefully, hopefully one that'll be coming one day soon. But um, here's the guy that led the offense at AM to a national championship. <laughs> here's his story. Uh, so I, I remember him as a player at K state. I, I admittedly haven't followed him as much as a, as a coach, um, but K state has been, you know, I, I mean, I have, I haven't followed him specifically saying that I'm, I'm watching his offenses or whatever, but I have been following K state or aware of them over the last several years. And, um, they've, they've had some decent, decent teams, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have watched a bit of their film since we've hired him, um, to see what you were saying about it's more modern. It's, it's, um, it's the breath of fresh air that we're looking for. And I think, I think like, it's not the gigantic pendulum swing um, that, you know, like you think about where we were with Sumlin, where it was, it was, you know, getting to be almost like a gadget program where, you know, we were really trying, like our defense was terrible and couldn't keep up because we were trying to do all these, you know, um, quicker fast pace offense but we'd go three and out and then defense yeah. on the field the whole game yeah. so then then we the pendulum swing swung way over here to where now we just bore you to death to beat you and we're going to beat you 13 to nothing but it's going to be a really long and boring game you know um and we're going to have we're going to have possession of the ball for you know 75 percent of the game so, you know, I think, I think he's, it's not like we're swinging back the other direction. I think, I think we're more in the, in the middle there where he's going to be able to work, 
work the two together. And I think, I think that's where, you know, and we probably said this in the last, last episode. Actually, I know that we said this in the last episode because we, we got off of, of here after we had hired Elko, I said something about like, you know, the biggest thing that I wanted as part of this was a defensive minded head coach. Because if you, if you look at, you know, the, the standard, you know, good quality head coaches that are national championship winning head coaches, almost every time they are, you know, defensive head coaches and when they're not they're Jimbo Fisher, you know? Um, So so then right after that, they like, right after we got done filming or, or, you know, recording, uh, it was, I guess the next day that they, they did like the full on press conference and all of that. And Ross Bjork was saying that their number one thing that they were worried about (laughs) is hiring a defensive minded head coach. And I was was telling Emily like, Hey, I just said that last night, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so yeah, so like I that's what I think but part of that comes from like hey, if you're Mike Elko, like you're going to you're not going to want to hire an offensive coordinator that is going to cripple your defense because they go three and out every 5 minutes, you know. Yeah. Um so so I think I think that comes into effect too. Um but I I like I like the the idea of modernizing the offense. Uh, that's what we all want. So let's do it. You know what I mean? We're here. Yeah. Let's run with it. I, I think, I think it's a great hire. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, when we first hired Jimbo, I kind of liked the idea of like, Oh, like, uh, he's an offensive minded guy. Like we're going to have, you know, this great offense, his offense. And we're just going to have that every year. It doesn't matter who the coordinator is like, you know, with someone like, like after cliff, we couldn't really find another coordinator to really replicate that success. And I'm like, Oh, well, it's just going to be Jimbo's offense every year. And it's going to be great. Uh, it turned out it, it was Jimbo's offense every year and it was terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so now we, <laughs> I think at least we have, you know, uh, a, 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 like a, a proven defensive product with Mike Elko at this school. Yeah. Um, and even at Duke, he fielded really solid defenses with a fraction of the talent that he's going to have here. And now you can go and get a guy like Colin Klein and say, Hey, like, like you're the captain of this, like I'm the head Mm -hmm. coach. I'm doing all the operational type of things. You do the offense and, uh, whatever you, whatever direction you want to go, uh, whatever, you know, types of, of, of guys you want to recruit, we're going to go recruit them and, uh, and and play the way you want to play. Now, obviously he's going to have input on, you know, personnel and those types of things but when it comes to the the design of the offense and things like that and, and what they're going to do i mean uh colin klein wouldn't have left his alma mater to come here <laughs> and and not be you know given a full reign of the offense so um i think that's it's, you wouldn't it's, think but that's where <laughs> i mean i i am going to question because we talked about this earlier um what is the distinction and what is the role I need I need as a fan some role clarity between offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator, and <laughs> associate head coach of the offense. Those those are three positions that we have coaches for. Um, yeah, and and run game coordinator is 
is the fourth. So that they they all have a slash. So we have a, an associate head coach of the offense slash running backs, offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks, co-offensive coordinator slash wide receivers, and the run game coordinator slash offensive line. So I, maybe they're just titles. You know, they're probably just titles for you know since they are public officials or they're paying taxpayer money, you know? Yeah. So, I assume yeah. it has to do with, uh, Hey, if we call you our, you know, our run game coordinator, you get X amount of dollars, you know, extra. Right, right. <laughs> so it's, it's gotta be, uh, it's probably that, but it's, it, you know, it, it's weird. It's yeah, weird. I, I, yeah. No, I, I, I gotcha. Um, <laughs> You know, and, and what's interesting is, uh, you know, I, I think he maybe brought like one analyst, like I, I'm, I'm speaking about Klein here. I think, I think Klein brought like one analyst from K-State. Uh, all the other offensive hires are uh, from other places. You know, like we got yeah. the O-line coach from Duke, the running back coach from Duke, uh, the receivers coach from freaking Alabama, which is awesome. Um that's probably one of the best tires that we made, you know, I think him and Klein together are, are both tremendous. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I guess the tight ends also Duke. So, uh, I guess, I guess kind of Duke heavy on the offense with, with Klein and, uh, and, and Wiggins, um, as the two outsiders, if you will. Um, yeah. but both very high profile guys, uh, very, very, very good coaches and, and very good recruiters. Um, I'm just so excited and I'm so glad and I promise we're not going to do this all off season, but I'm so glad we did this when we did and not after next year. Uh, because now you still have Connor Wickman. You still have uh, Noah Thomas and Moose Muhammad and Jade Walker. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like we're going to have good players in the future, but with, with this quarterback, I've just got so much faith in what he can do in given the right system if if the o-line clicks if uh and i, I like the i like the higher I, I, like, I like cushing a lot if if he can get these these o-line guys right who have talent um and klein can can get wigman on the same page and, and really get this thing cranked up um this can be a a hell of an offense next year and like really really uh light things up in the sec yeah and and i'm I mean, I was always a fan with, with Jimbo's um, during the Jimbo tenure. I was always a fan of the um, the retention that we had of coaches and, and just the the lack of turnover that we had. I think that that's a good thing. Um, yeah. so the fact that a lot of these coaches have already been coaching together, uh, I think is a good thing. Obviously, you know, they're all coming from Duke. It's the obvious choice there. Um, or where they're coming from, right? But I will say, and I'm not only saying this because of Elko, um, the last two years, I have been very unhappy with Texas A&M football. Um, and I have watched a lot of Duke football. And, you know, on the side, been texting like, 
man, sure would be nice to still have Elko. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, so I've, I have, I'm not just saying that I've gone back and caught up, you know, I was following Duke in real time. Um, it really wasn't even thinking about, will we hire Elko down the road? Um, but I really just kind of, I always liked him when he was here at A&M and I wanted to kind of just see how his pro- career progressed and maybe kind of hoped that maybe I honestly, I actually, I, I, I guess I could be very transparent here. I kind of was hoping that he might fizzle as a head coach and come back and be a defensive coordinator for us again, you know, yeah. cause I, I really wasn't expecting for the Jimbo era to, to cave in the way it did. So to cave in uh, two years into a 10 year. Yeah. So, so if is I really, if you'd asked me three years ago, are we going to be where Elko is a better head coach, you know, or sitting as a better head coach than Jimbo Fisher? Yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. But, but watching Duke and seeing like how they were as a team, like they had a noticeably tough defense, like their defense was noticeably tough, but something that I noticed in addition to that was, and their offense was there. They, they weren't like, as I was watching them for the, the Elko-ness, right? Like, okay. Yeah. You know, I want to see how Elko is doing, but they're, their offense was pretty salty. Like they, it, it they was. had, they had a, a good offense. And, and so then you're like, Hey, Duke's actually got a pretty good team here. And, and it, this past year, the ACC was, was, was a, a, it was a good conference. It wasn't like it was a, yeah. a poor conference. And so, well, and, um, and, and his quarterback gets hurt against Notre Dame. And and they gave they they gave Notre Dame all they wanted in that game. Oh, know? absolutely. With, with, with college game day at Duke for the first time ever. Um, great environment, great game. Um, and then after, I'm not sure if Leonard ever played the rest of the year. If he did, he was very hobbled. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, kind of put a damper on, on the season and, and, you know, things offensively. Um, and it, his record wasn't as good as it was the first year where he took him to nine and four, uh, with a bowl win. But, um, that, that season, his first year is extremely impressive. Like they were, were were god awful before he got there um like he didn't really have time to recruit or bring in right. a, like at that point i don't think he was able to bring in you know very many transfers and he took the same roster that the previous coaches had had and made him a nine and four team and borderline you know top 25 uh football team and yeah um and the offense and the defense both played you know very well uh you watch that offensive line and you know, there's one guy that's going to get drafted and four, you know, future accountants or, or guys in business. And, uh, and that's no, that's no shot at that. It's just a reality. And, you know, w- with like, we have that O-line coach now that was able to, you know, teach those guys to play as a unit and not make big mistakes. And right. uh, were they perfect? No. Uh, did they get beat sometimes? Yes. Uh, but on the whole, like very physical unit, like, like ran the ball well, they stopped the run. Their their defense, you know, like an Elko defense does, was constantly flying around making plays. So, um, it's that's what I'm excited for. Is like there, there's a, a million things like all the coaching hires I'm on board with, but mm-hmm. Elko being the guy at the helm that instills that type of culture um, and that type of you know effort 
it's it's going to be cool to watch. Like uh, it's going to be a team that you're you're, you're proud to to say, hey, that's my team, and and they play hard no matter what. So yeah, um, sorry I got off on a bit of a tangent there, but no, no, um, you're you're good because I mean to try to go in and and give insight on each and every individual one of these coaches would be <laughs> too much right but but you know i think i think keeping it at that level to say overall this staff is a decent staff a lot of it like probably half of it's from duke you know look at how good they were at duke with the talent that they had at duke what will they be able to do with the talent that they'll have at texas a&m but then you know, how do you supplement that? You take that unit and then you add in, you sprinkle in some even even better coaches probably um, with uh, the wide receivers coach from from uh, Bama and Colin Klein from from Kansas State and who else? Um, the uh, defensive line coach from, um, what was it, Florida? Yeah. And, pre- and, and previously Penn State, Sean yeah, Spencer. and P- Penn State, Penn State before that, and so, so, you know, you sprinkle in all the, all these others. That, I mean, that's a good staff for Elko to put together. And I mean, admittedly, I'm not I'm not the coaching expert. I'm not here to say that each you know like oh I've been I've been following Patrick Doherty from uh, the time <laughs> that he was at. You know, my mouse is going to work. Uh, I've followed him since he was at at Defiance as a uh, defensive <laughs> line coach. I don't even know what Defiance is, but he was yeah. there in 2008. Apparently, I think it's a movie. Uh, but that's <laughs> yeah, a great movie, actually. Uh, um, but yeah, but like you know, and, and and I haven't, you know, like I've I've tried to like look into each these guys a little bit and uh i still need to look at at what uh at what uh coach mcgriff has done because they, they hired him like very recently and mm-hmm. uh he's he's kind of an unknown to me but um you look at sean spencer and he was uh he was the elijah robinson at penn state like he was a, an incredible d-line coach incredible recruiter they yeah. were consistently uh in the top five or ten in, in sacks in the country um and then uh you know also known as a plus recruiter uh jay bateman was once the hottest dc in the country uh when he was at army and you know took a bunch of guys at army and fielded you know pretty good defenses and uh sure you know helped uh you know i think that they, they took ou to overtime whenever they had kyler murray um also known as a, like uh, almost everyone on the staff, like just from, from reading Twitter and other people's opinions, um, like almost every one of them is known as a exceptional recruiter, but also as a good coach, like, like Jay Bateman is the DC. He's a plus recruiter, but he's also a plus linebackers coach. Like, yeah. uh, uh, Holloman Wiggins, like, um, you know, excellent excellent coach like look look at the guys that bama had like he he produced the first heisman receiver in who knows how long you know like 30 30 or so years uh and like they were just a factory for receivers there for a while um did some good things with with jermaine burton you know this year and 
And I think I think the one that I will will point out is the one we talked about before we we recorded, which is Tommy Moffat, the the uh, yes. strength and conditioning coach. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. Just just very quickly, I, like a lot of people know that he was at LSU for for a while. Like if you if you follow this, you know this. But we we hired the strength and conditioning coach um, who was at LSU for um, twenty years, twenty one years um, prior to that. So he was he was at Tennessee from 94 to 97 and i don't know when tennessee won the national championship but it was shortly after that i feel like um, it was yeah like 98 99 yeah something like that so from 94 to 97 he was at tennessee um then from 98 to 99 he was at miami um which you know what oh 2000 and 2001 was yeah the height of the u right yeah. um so then you had Go, go, look, go look at that 01 Miami roster, and there's like 10 NFL Hall of Famers on it. <laughs> like, yeah. It's insane. So then he goes to LSU in 2000, and he was there until 2021. And and so just in in his time as a as a coach, you know, he's he's won, according to our website here, um, six SEC championships and three national championships, of course, as a strength and conditioning coach. But he has been a strength and conditioning coach for some incredible teams through the years. And um, that, that excites me. Um, well, and he mentored like, like uh, Scott Cochran was like the big name at Bama for a while. He was a, a Moffitt disciple. Like he came from the Moffitt strength and conditioning, like coaching tree. Yeah. Um, he's just in, you know, he's, he's been in this for so long and, uh, I've got a little bit of a, of a, of a story. Um, so, uh, my mom is, is really good friends with, uh, uh, the, the wife of the defensive coordinator for the Mark Panthers in Mark, Texas, uh, to a, you know, powerhouse school, uh, his name's Shane Martin, great dude. And, uh, we always talk football whenever we're together. Uh, mm-hmm. he's a big LSU guy. And when Brian Kelly got hired, I was like, Hey, you know, coach, like, like, how do you feel about Brian Kelly? He was like, I like him. He's like, but he let my, my guy go, you know, he, he let, he let Tommy Moffat go. I think he's the best strength coach in the business. And, uh, so that was two years ago when we hired him here lately, I texted him. I was like, Hey, I was like, how about AM get coach Moffat? He said, man, he said, I'll say it again. He said, coach Moffat is the best in the game. He said, he, he helped me out with both of my son's knee injuries and helped me rehab them, uh, and get them back going. So, um, I know that's just a small anecdote, but, uh, the guy's got skins on the wall and like, I'm, I tend to shy, like I'm, I'm a little bit gun shy about hiring, uh, like anyone over the age of 60, which I'm not even sure if he is or not. Like maybe he is, maybe he's not. I think, I think he probably is, but, uh, I think he's still, he's still got his fastball. Like he's going to come in here and, you know, uh, and, and turn this program into a, a team that looks and is, is, and is conditioned like a championship program. Like you saw, you used to see those guys when, when LSU would come play here, and their guys are freaking jacked. Like they look like NFL players. And yeah. uh, you know, sometimes we have that, sometimes we don't. I feel like when, when we lost Jerry Schmidt and Elko, uh you started seeing more injuries and, and maybe guys not develop as much as they as they should have been. So um that's freaking Elko one A, Tommy Moffitt one B, <laughs> Colin Klein A, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, after that. So uh, I think, you know, the, the collection of all these guys is just a super impressive staff. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, we're 
51 minutes, so we probably ought to get in into a little bit of transfer portal. And do you yeah. have anything else that you want to say about the coaches, though? No, I think I'm set. I do want to bring up uh, Sutton's tweet because or Sutton's uh, comment on here because <laughs> yeah. uh, I refreshed my browser over here and we have breaking news. This has never happened on the podcast when news has broken. <laughs> um, I don't have a sounder for it, <laughs> but uh, 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 Troy receiver Jabray Barber uh, is expected to transfer to AM. and right. uh, I think that is so if you're on Twitter, uh, you know, back when we had someone, it was the yes, sir, you know, tweet from from someone. Uh, Jimbo doesn't have internet, so he didn't uh, ever tweet. Um, yeah. But uh, Coach Elko's thing is the the money Manziel gif of of Johnny doing this, and uh, the lock emoji. So he's he's tweeted six locks <laughs> in the past two days, and I think this is only the fourth to announce. So there's still maybe a couple more that that we're waiting on. But uh, you know, we, we just talked before the show, like, hey, like we're really light at receiver. You know, even with the two transfers and the and the two freshmen. So, um, uh, just briefly looking at Jabray Barber, you know, definitely a slot guy at at five ten, uh, had seventy five catches and just under a thousand yards receiving. Um, pretty good. I'll I'll take that. I'll take that every day. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we need it. We we need as many as we can get right now. Um, you know, we're just we're thin at that position. And um, and they're doing a good job in this this transfer portal. I think that's the I think that's the new era of college football. You're going to have to do it. We've said that for the past couple seasons with Jimbo. On it's just it's been glaringly obvious, you know that that we haven't gotten good transfers, you know, and um, and look at the teams that have. You know, look at the Ole Miss and, you know, um, Colorado's and Oregon, even, even USC's, Oregon's, uh, Oregon State. Look at Oregon State. Oregon State this year. What, what, <laughs> I mean, in my adult life, I, I have not seen Oregon State win a football game. And like, they're good. They, they're yeah. good this year because of they were great. And, well, and and look at Washington, who's about to play for the freaking championship. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, Michael Penix transfer, yep. uh, Jalen Polk transfer. Uh, the running back was a transfer. The best corner on the team was a transfer. Like uh, you can't neglect that part of the game the, right. uh, in this in this in this day. And and I think we have, you know, it it in some way. Now this this is really kind of something that. This you're getting my free thought here. This, this is, con- uh, this is a conspiracy. It could be, could be. <laughs> I, I don't mean for it to be. It's just you, <laughs> I'm thinking out loud, so it may kind of come off to be a conspiracy. Yeah. But you know, think about how 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 much we have really focused on those recruiting stars over the last couple of years, and we had that number one class in history and all that kind of stuff, but we didn't have any transfers. And look at how that youth really hurt our team the last two years. And then you think about all these other teams that have come from nowhere because they have all these seniors from transfer portal. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think there's something to really working the transfer portal and, um, 
you know, as it sits right now, um, what, what number did you say that we were in the, in the, uh, um, I'm trying to find it in the ranking. Yeah. in the ranking for not, not in transfers, but, um, in high school. Yeah. High school. I think we were 21st in the composite. So, so we're 21st in high school, which normally would, you know, we'd be losing our minds of like, oh my sound, God. sound the alarm if if that happens at any point right. in the last decade. But right now we're sitting at number three in the transfer rankings, which um, haven't fully been fleshed out yet, as I'm understanding from you. So, I mean, the way it, Way I see it, when I look at who who we're with on on that top end of Ole Miss, Colorado, us, and then Louisville, like yeah. that's that's good company in the transfer portal, in my opinion. And you're you're absolutely right. It like it's like like after this transition and the guys that we lost, uh, Elko and this staff had like they they had to do that. It was a necessity to go out and and they they, they might sign like eighteen transfers or, or more than that, you know. Yeah. Like, like it's going to be a big big number um, when the most Jimbo ever brought was like six or seven, like, like maybe you know, and, and mostly guys that didn't play a whole lot to, to be to right. be quite honest. Um, and you know, I don't think that I think I think the 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 norm going forward after this this coaching change is probably somewhere in the middle where like, you know, you, I mean, like maybe back in the day you would take a guy to high school say, Oh, like he's not there right now. Maybe I can develop him and he'll be a, a good player for us eventually. Now you don't have to do that if you don't want right. to, like you can go and be like, Oh, uh, we like this kid. He could be good, but there's a player at old dominion that was all conference that wants to come here. We just had a guy leave and he can come in right away and play right away. So I think it's going to be a mix, you know, and like, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we'll take this many, uh, again <laughs> in the future. Yeah. We, we might, we might, you never know. Sure. But, uh, I think, I think the formula is, is kind of what Ole Miss is doing. Like you, and, and they really don't even recruit that well that they recruit fine, but not at, you know, at a Georgia or, or Ohio state or Alabama level. Yeah. Um, but you still want to sign, you know, the, the elite players out of high school, as many as you can. Oh, and, sure. And, sure. and then fill your, like go cherry pick your needs from the transfer portal or get, you know, some, some strong veteran depth or, uh, or maybe if you've got three good receivers, go get a great one out of the portal, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's, that's, I think what, what I'm saying. Well, apparently like while I, while we are doing this, we must Louisville must have gotten a new, new commit or something because we've now fallen to number four. Hey, um, this this stuff changes by the minute. <laughs> um, but but yeah, that's that's uh, that's kind of what what I was getting at with with the Jimbo thing was I feel like I feel like we just completely neglected the transfer portal and it was yeah. like it was like like a last last case. Or like, if we if we had to get something from it, then we did, yeah. you know. And and I don't think that's the way. I I think you have to have that balance in in modern college football now. Um, 
because well, you gotta, I mean, your, your high school guys, that's your pipeline, you know, for, for the future, but your, your transfer guys are the pipeline for today or, yeah. you know, and so I think you gotta have a little bit of both, especially cause every year you're going to have guys transfer out. So you're oh, going yeah. to replace them, you know? Yeah. And, and guys like, and, 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 and most of the time it's probably, you know, a promising young player that uh, is just kind of buried on the depth chart. They're like, Hey, like I want to go and, and actually get some playing time, but right. um, that's just the nature of the game. And uh, I'm glad that we have a coach and uh, a, a coaching and recruiting staff that understands that. Yeah. Um, and to my knowledge, uh, Elko employs a, a, a individual whose their only job is the transfer portal. Like they're in charge of transfer portal recruiting and they're the person that looks at all the film and all the, you know, does all the scouting. Like, Hey, you're the transfer person. The other guys like they're, you know, we're, like we'll do high school and all that stuff, but you know, it's, uh, it's delegated and like, it's, it's very organized. And I think it's very, you know, it's a good recipe for success. So, yeah. um, we don't have too much time, so I definitely don't want to go over every single guy we've gotten so far. Um, I feel like I definitely, you know, I do want to highlight Nick Scorton, um, the defensive end from uh, from Purdue. Um, led the Big Ten in sacks this past season, was uh, second team all Big Ten. Uh, is from Bryan and, uh, you know, was kind of like, was actually listed as an inside linebacker coming out of school. Um, not super highly rated and ended up at Purdue and it has just turned into an awesome, awesome football player. So um, he's, you know, he's home. Like, you know, the, the recruits always say I'm home. He actually is home, you know, in, in Bryan College <laughs> Station. So um, that's, I think he's like the ninth overall rated player in the, in the transfer portal. So um, that's a big get, you know, we, we lost some guys on the, on the D line. So uh, I think he will factor in uh, right away. So, uh, that's a big one. Um, when I, a few, you know, when the season ended and we were seeing guys leave a and we hadn't seen any of the guys come into a from the portal yet. Uh, you looked at our defensive back room and you're like, man, we don't have any bodies. Like if, if one guy gets hurt in our safety room, like that's it. Like we don't have anybody else. So, um, they've made that a focus. They've got, gosh, um, so far, they've they've got five defensive backs from the transfer portal. Um, most notably, probably, uh, uh, I know Will Lee the third from K State, uh, Donovan Saunders, and uh, and Trey Jones. Um, Trey Jones in particular, I like because uh, Georgia wanted him, and if Georgia wants him, uh, you're probably pretty good. So uh, yeah. <laughs> that's one to that's one to keep an eye on, um, and more on the way. Like I think they're going to keep. They're going to keep after the defensive backs in the portal. Um, there's talk that uh, perhaps a former A&M player, Denver Harris, uh, could be back in maroon and white uh, from from LSU after transferring there. So um, I know that's kind of a uh, what's the word um, polarizing name <laughs> if you if you follow this stuff closely, but um, you know. Gotta gotta trust our our coaches to to do the right thing and and uh and get these guys um in order. So uh that's that's kind of you know I think they're starting like the first kind of round of guys they got were uh probably some rotational guys uh and, and some depth guys. 
but now what they're getting into is like, hey, like the, these guys are going to compete to start, like, or this guy's going to play day one. So, um, you know, I think it's not it's not slowing down. So if you're on Twitter, you follow Coach Elko, you're going to see a lot of locks get tweeted out. You're going to see the Money Manziel gift get tweeted out uh, a few more times in the next couple of weeks. I sure hope so. I think they're doing a good job, and it's so chaotic that, quite frankly, I haven't <laughs> it's really, a lot. It's I, a lot. I haven't really watched a whole lot of film or anything like that. I mean, once it slows down, we'll probably get a little bit deeper on these guys. But yeah, um, and there's know. so many names where like I'll see someone going, I'm like, ooh, like that's a good player, and then like. I'll forget about it. And then I'll look him up I'm like, oh crap, he committed to Arkansas, you know, or yeah, some other place. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, it's it's just such a whirlwind to even like even just reading all the names that are in there. You're like, oh crap, like he's like he's going somewhere, like he's he's leaving, but mm-hmm. it's it's wild. Yeah. Um last guy, I almost forgot to mention him, uh former AM target, uh former member of Chase Caldwell's fantasy team, uh son of Emmett Smith, EJ Smith. Uh, running yeah. back from Stanford uh, is on the market and looking like uh, the Aggies have a good shot to land him. I sure hope so. I love that guy. Um, and I don't think he has done very well there. Not, not the way he should have. Yeah. But I think he's had some good moments and uh, especially in 2022, he was playing really well before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they just didn't really, they didn't, didn't really utilize use, him as much. They didn't, yeah, they didn't. So um, he, he'd be one. I mean, we've only got three running backs. Like you can't – you probably can't survive a season in the SEC with with three running backs. You're going to need a couple more than that. So uh, EJ Smith, that, that, that'd that be one I'd, I'd really like to see. Emmett Smith Jr. belongs in Texas. I'm just going right. to put it that way. And yeah. his sister played soccer here she already. Did. She so did. we've got that connection. So yeah. maybe that's one of the, Hey, there's the comment right there. Does EJ sister go to A&M or. Yes, John, you are correct. She, well, she did. I don't know if she still does. I not. feel like she may be graduated by now, but she definitely did play soccer here and finish mm-hmm. her career here to my knowledge. Um, but yeah, uh, I think we're, I think we're, we've said all we can say for this one hour and, Six minute podcast. Six minute episode. (laughs) (laughs) But uh felt good to be back in the studio, back on the mic. Um uh, I've I've actually heard from a couple listeners that I did not know were listeners in the past month. Uh so if y'all are still listeners, appreciate you very much. Absolutely. If, If I have not spoken to you and you're still listening, obviously, thank you very much. Um we appreciate all the support. Uh big, big off season ahead. Uh Texas and Oklahoma are joining the conference. Um, there's going to be a 12-team playoff. We have a new coach. We're trying to get new players daily. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's very, it's very very fluid. So um, stick with us. We'll be uh, uh, coming to you guys uh, throughout the offseason. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll try to work on a more regular cadence and let you guys know whatever it turns out to be. But uh, for now um, – Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Giga Maggie's. <laughs>